Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide, and CatScan from Proactive Risk. This is Mark Miller with OWASP 24-7. We're continuing our discussion with prospective board members, and today we'll be talking to Michael Coates. Michael Coates is currently in San Francisco. Welcome, Michael. Hey, Mark. Happy to be here. And then Abbas Nadiri. Abbas, you're in Virginia today, right? Yes. Hi. Hi, Mike. Thank you. I want to start off the discussion with the, a simple one, and that is, how are you affiliated with OWASP? What projects are you working on? What have you done in the past? Abbas, I'll go with you first. Well, I've been, I think, in OWASP for about 10 years now, probably since I was a kid. I've been involved with a lot of projects. Um, I think I have about 10 active projects at the moment that I lead, and I also take part in about 10 other projects. Um, I'm part of the project task force, which is <clears throat> in charge of um, reviewing the projects and uh, based on the criteria and giving them different uh, badges and progress reports. Um, I help with the governance and basically with everything that I can do. And um, although my projects are not as active as they have been before because of some issues, some of the projects that I've led have been the most active projects on OVAT for a while. Michael? Yeah, Mark. Uh, yeah, I've been involved with OWASP uh, back since, I think, 2008. I really uh, hit the ground running at the, the summit we had in Portugal. There were two of those, for those that remember, uh, great events. And I started in OWASP through the Summer of Code activity that we, that we did back then when I created the AppSensor project. And it was really a neat way of starting out with the organization because that project in itself... Uh, was an, a neat idea that I, that I built from. But what I liked the most about that project was that I was able to actually hand that off and, and watch it grow through the numerous other contributors. There are probably 15 people actively contributing to it. And I, it just reminds me how OWASP is about community and the amazing things it can do. But uh, back, to, back to OWASP, I've been involved in a variety of different ways over the years. I've been part of the Global Membership Committee uh, when we did the first round of committees. Um, I've been part of the OWASP board now for four years. I'm wrapping up the uh, second term, which would be four years. During that time, I served as the chairman of the board for the first three years. Uh, handed that off uh, this last year to Tobias, who's done a great job. In fact, you know, everybody, it's a volunteer effort, so everybody's doing great work. Uh, on the project side, I mentioned AppSensor. Also, I've done the TLS protection cheat sheet. So those of you that love the cheat sheets, that's one that I uh, was a major contributor to. Um, and let's see, I've had a few other ideas uh, at OWASP that have, that have started and stopped. I think we all do a little bit of that. Um, and then I'm also the, the leader of the Bay Area chapter, uh, one, of our, one of our larger chapters. I can't say the largest, and that's great that there's many big ones. But uh, I certainly like the, the fun work we're doing here in the Bay. Um, let's see, and what else? Oh, and in my uh, copious amounts of free time, I've also decided to be the lead planner for uh, the AppSec USA conference 
this year, which we're holding in San Francisco. So all of you that are listening, if you haven't signed up for that, you don't want to miss out on that one. That leads me, Michael, uh, to a specific question that I'll give to both of you here, and I'll start with you, Michael, is you've been at this for a while. Why should people re-elect you? How are you going to do anything different than what you're currently doing? Well, I think that's, I think that's a fair question. One thing about OWASP is it is about passion and about community. And <laughs> I, I just fundamentally believe that sharing information to the world is the right way to t- tackle security. Uh, there's a lot of different people in the industry, largely outside of OWASP, but that have different motivations. And that's fine. There's a place for them. But OWASP is kind of a special place where you can bring people together, actually contribute information and make the world, you know, as cliche as it sounds, actually make it a better place. And, uh, yeah, I've been at it for a while because I have a lot of passion. And I would love to continue doing that if people see what I've been doing and the contribution I've been made and believe that it's helping the organization forward. Because I want to help out wherever I can do that the best. Uh, As you see from what I've been doing before, I I certainly dabble in lots of different areas to do that. But specifically what I want to do if I continue on the board is is two things. I really want to focus on experimenting with ideas and the construct of a chapter and then codifying that in the OWASP framework overall. So how do we empower our chapters to do more things? I I don't just want to speculate how we can do that, but I want to try those items in a chapter in San Francisco and then up-level them into frameworks that work for the rest of the organization. Because one of the biggest problems we have is people are too hesitant to jump in, like do great things, spend money, hold amazing events. Uh, I'm thinking about things like doing hackathons next. That's one of the things on my mind. So long and short, uh, I really fundamentally just love OWASP. Um, I think I bring a unique perspective from the enterprise side as uh, trust and information security officer at Twitter and formerly at Mozilla. So I think I have a lot of interesting perspectives, and I just love giving back. So if I'm helping the organization uh, and people agree, I'd love to keep doing that. Abbas, where does that leave you? How would you look at being different if you got the board position? So I have to emphasize that I'm an independent researcher and um, so I don't I don't really have uh, an enterprise view so I don't think that uh, I'll make any personal decisions or anything that will affect me and I have plenty of time to spend on OLS as I have done before in multiple projects. Basically I think OLS is making very steady progress and it's um, really helping people. A lot of people are getting information that is hard to come by and projects that are in very good shape and helping. But there are issues that I've been running for for several years now that are not getting handled pretty well. Um, some some effort has been made recently to tackle some of those, but I think they need much more focus as their fundamental issues. What issues are those? Um, uh, the first one is transparency. I think only about a handful of people in OS are fully aware of what's going on, especially at the board level, and that needs to change. We have a lot of lead- leaders, and it's supposed to be an open community where everyone uh, contributes and decides. And that really affects the three other issues that are bringing down the organization, in a sense. And that's, the first one is the quality of the wiki, which is the entry point of the organization to the world. A lot of people use the wiki, and it's getting worse and worse. There are a lot of scattered pages 
that haven't been visited for years. There are a lot of outdated information on those and other problems that everyone's full aware of. Uh, the projects are not managed pretty well. There are a lot of inactive projects that are just out there on the wiki and people tend to get them and try them and see that they don't work. We need to manage those projects much better. Fortunately, the project task force is doing a tremendous job on that front. They've done a lot of work and they keep doing that on conferences, but we need more transparency to get more people involved in that process because we have about a handful of people doing all of that work. And then we need chapter involvement, just as Michael noted. Um, we probably have only a few large chapters in the US and Europe that are doing um, amazing job, but we have the potential to have those chapters all over the world. We have many people uh, involved in chapters all around the world, but they don't know how to spend money, how to do stuff, how to um, start events and spread the word. And those are the things that I think require more transparency to be done. Good, thank you. Michael, how would you respond to the issue of transparency? Because it does come up pretty frequently. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point that's raised. Um, one of the reasons is there's a desire to not have things be hidden. There's a desire for the decisions that are being made for individuals to have the ability to submit their thoughts. Um, all very valid uh, reasons to be thinking about transparency. But the thing that I find that's interesting is in many of the situations, the information is actually just a few clicks away. Now, I don't disagree that those clicks may be hard to figure out. <laughs> so uh, findability or availability um, is definitely very different than transparency. But the fact of the matter is, is I would be hard-pressed to find what information is actually not available. And <clears throat> so what I really do enjoy is when people say, what's happening here? Where's the information? How do we find out more? When they ask that question, we can answer that and point them in that, that information. For example, all of the finances, they're, they're published online. They're always totally there. Um, the board meetings have always been open. They've been recorded. You can always just join the call. Um, actually, I mean, everything is really out there. So I think it's a matter of identifying what needs to be uh, shown the light of the sun um, and how to get people involved. Because having the data is one thing, but then having the ability to have that conversation uh, that's really key. And I think that's where we can grow the communities by putting the right data that we're looking for into the method to have a conversation about, so what do we want to do about this? What do we want to change? It's easy to poke holes. Let's work towards a solution. That leads us into the discussion, too, on finances and the availability of funds and how you actually can get funds. But first of all, Michael, I'll go back to you to start with this because there's been a very active discussion on the email threads about ring fencing of finances. Can you first help us define what is ring fencing? What are they talking about? Yeah, the larger discussion is there are funds for the organization that are allocated to the foundation, and there are funds that are allocated to chapters and also to projects. And the reason they're allocated that way is how the funds came into the organization. If a chapter held an event or got a local chapter sponsorship, they got the lion's share of that funding um, in their chapter, uh, chapter budget. And this has been tracked. Again, it's open. Anyone can go see the distribution of funds by chapter. But the numbers have added up, and uh, there's a couple hundred thousand dollars of chapter-allocated funding. Now, that in and of itself, not a problem. The problem that's being discussed is lots of this money is not moving. It's not being spent. 
And that's where I think the discussion starts. Um, the ring fencing is the idea that that money should never be touched by the foundation. It should never be pulled away from the chapter under any circumstance. Um, and then the question is, so what do we do about this money that's sitting idle? So that's a little bit of the background. Um, just to throw my thoughts in there real quick, and I'll, I'll let others respond too. Uh, I do think the fundamental issue is not that chapters have money. I think that's actually great. Chapters should We should have structures that encourage chapters to do things they want to do and experiment, bring in funds, help adv uh, advance the mission. And that's the end of the day what we're going to do, advance the mission. But we have problems when money goes stale because stale money is not advancing the mission. It's being forgotten. And stale money is different than money that's being saved. And that's where the conversation gets sticky. So we need to figure out what chapters are bringing in money and spending it because they're doing great. What chapters are bringing in money and saving it for something big in the future because they're doing great too. But lastly, the chapters that are bringing in money or have money and it's just sitting there, that money is not doing great. It's not helping the foundation or the mission. It's not helping anyone. And that's where I think we need to figure out how much money is there and start building a solution so we can advance the mission with that money and not just let it sit around. Good, thank you. Abbas, how are you seeing this? Um, just as I said before, I think transparency will help a lot in this. Even the discussion that uh, took place on the, on the leaders list, it helps a lot of people realize that this is a problem, and I think there are a lot of possible solutions to this. For example, chapters that have this money can invite um, active or potentially active projects to take part in their chapters, promote the project, uh, get more people involved, and get some help with that. And that's, that's a great way to spend the money. So I think as, as long as people know what's going on, solutions can, can easily be made because we have a lot of active people uh, in all of us. And I don't really think that this is a major problem. And just as Michael said, it, it is great that chapters are making so much money and contributing to the um, organization itself. Yeah, one of the interesting things on this, just to kind of add on to what Abbas is saying, is the chapters knowing where they can and should spend money. Um, we need to continue empowering people because they can, really, you can just jump in and do something. If it makes sense for the mission and it seems reasonable, you know, jump in and try it. And so some of the ideas being thrown around are uh, when a type of expense is new to the organization, someone's saying, hey, I'm going to do X and expense you know, that with the chapter funds. After we do that once, share that with the rest of the other chapters. Say, hey, here's another thing that someone's tried that no one's done before, and this is totally legit. So feel empowered to go and do this. Um, because I think people are hesitant, and I think that um, that's natural. Uh, it's natural in an organization, but what we want to do is make people really confident to, like, let's try. Let's try and fail for, for sometimes. You know, it's okay to have those small failures because it means you're pushing the envelope. You're trying new things. And so I hope some of that uh, communication transparency, as has been stated, can help in those avenues. Abbas, one of the continuing or something that comes up quite often is the lack of a, an easily accessible or easily findable way, uh, a document or process for requesting funds. Have you followed that thread? Uh, I have not followed that trip, but I have faced that problem several times before myself. What kind of issues did you come up with, and what would be your response to those issues? We have this similar problem in the Projects Task Force, which does a lot of reviews based on projects and uh, 
groups them and scores them based on criteria. The project task force is uh, creating a lot of documentation and it's all available on the wiki, but even I as a member of the task force have been unable to find those documents and information. And this is the fundamental problem. Yes, there, there are easy ways and they're defined on the wiki and on different documents throughout the organization, but it is tremendously hard for people to find them and know they're reliable because probably there are 10 pages that discuss this on the wiki and no one can be sure which one is the most recent one or the most accurate one. And I think a lot of these issues can simply be solved by creating a task force that sieves through this wiki and uh, just sorts things out. Maybe we need another application on top of the wiki to organize the pages and stuff that we have. But we need a task force. We definitely need a committee and a task force to work on that. And I think the funds problem will also be solved with that task force. Yeah, you know, on the flip side of that, just just like you said, Mark, every time you ask the board, we, we, we think it's pretty clear. I, I, I That is what ran through my head. There is a page on chapter funding that says, here are different ways you can spend money, and here are examples, and here are all the ways to do it. Um, so that is actually where my mind goes. But the fact of the matter is, is if I think one thing, and if other people think another thing, it doesn't actually matter how clear it is. There's clearly a, disp a discrepancy. And one of the things I'm hoping we can keep growing on through the uh, OWASP staff is the cultivation of our different parts of OWASP. Um, you know, with Noreen, with Kate, with Kelly, with Laura, they all have their specialty areas to focus on. And I'm hoping that something like this chapter discussion on spending, let's bring them together. Let's hold a little town hall. We used to do town halls, virtual town halls. I did those uh, last year. I think they're coming back. And let's get that conversation and ask people, uh, we don't... Uh, we don't disbelieve you. What What is your experience? Uh, and figure out what the uh, the gap is. Um, to the other point about the wiki being a mess, I I agree. It is it is all over the place. Um, it's really interesting to look at Google Analytics. We get massive number of hits on particular pages. Um, I prompted Jim and a few others with some of that data, and Jim's uh, and team have done some of that wiki cleanup, which has been awesome. And just last month, I said to the board and staff, let's hire a contractor to go in there and actually start cleaning up, like full, uh, put in some hours, go at it, document what needs to change, and start finding things that are duplicate. We shouldn't have duplicate pages on any topic. We should cross-link them, start getting them um, uh, deleted, uh, because we should. This is our primary focus of the world. We should uh, clean it up, prune it, keep it nice and tidy for everybody. I want to go in a different direction here because of something you just brought up, Michael. All of the people in administration are women. When you mention Laura, uh, when you mention Noreen, uh, Claudia, and yet we're not seeing any women on the board, running for the board, or trying to help shape the organization from that level. What can we do as OWASP to help surface the tech gender bias and do something about it? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great, great question. We do have some really powerful women that are rising in OWASP that are contributing, that are leaders. So we're not devoid of women, but your point is still well taken that we do not have women running for the board. Uh, as a result, we don't have women on the board. There's a few different things we can do. Um, one, in our conferences, start highlighting and promoting the successes of women in the industry. And what this means is uh, 
the, the state of reality in security is women are underrepresented. That doesn't mean, however, though, that the women that are there aren't amazing. So if there's 100 people in front of you, you're looking for a talk, make sure you take that extra effort to look at all of them clearly and say, you know, what can you bring to the table with your technical and your background for, for this information? <laughs> for example, in AppSec USA, one of our three keynotes is a woman, Dr. Phyllis Schneck from Department of Homeland Security. Uh, we've got um, a woman on one of our fireside chats, which is, again, you know, a featured talk for the event. And while we by no means have a 50-50 split of the speakers, or even close to that, unfortunately, we still do have many very talented women represented in the speakers at the conference. Also, the organization should continue to support things like women in AppSec. That's going to happen at the conference. It happened at years before. I think that's a great way where you get everyone together and say, how do we keep breaking down these barriers? How do we promote and highlight the women that have had success and figure out how to bring in more women into the field? There is, unfortunately, no simple answer, but I think the continued focus and effort towards it will lead us uh, in a better direction. Habas, you work almost daily with Joanna. Do you have a vision into this and why, what we can do to help? Yes, I don't think that's a really... Uh, that's really a problem. We have a lot of influential women in the organization. For example, just as you mentioned, Johanna is doing much better work than anyone else I know in the organization. She's putting tremendous hours daily and she's leading a lot of effort and making a lot of uh, considerable progress that I'm really proud of. And I've seen others help with her and um, I don't think we really have a problem there. It is true that we don't have any women on the board, but hopefully in the next few years we'll I want to take this now over to something that Dennis has been struggling with publicly, and that is getting money to do a summit. He wanted to put together a summit proposal, and it appears from the mailing list that he feels he's getting an awful lot of pushback from his proposal. Michael, what's your response to an ask for $100,000 for the summit? Yeah, earlier I mentioned the idea that we need to empower people to spend money, we need to experiment, we need to push the envelope and even fail from time to time. Um, but that comes into an interesting perspective when you think of something like $100,000, which is a pretty big portion of the uh, available funds at OWASP. Um, so you, you should definitely push the envelope and fail on smaller activities at first. And when we get to something bigger with such a large percentage of funds that's requested, by no means does that mean we shouldn't do it, not at all. But what it does mean is we should just ask a few questions and say, so what is our intended outcome of this? How are we going to decide if this is successful or just something where we all have a lot of fun? What things, what will the impact be? Uh, you know, what will be the outcomes? How will this go down, so to speak? And that's being... Um, just responsible with our funds. And so I don't think anybody is saying we shouldn't go big, but they're saying if we're going to go big, let's put the thought and planning into it to make sure we're being responsible with our funds and we're going to have the best use of it for the mission. Because you could have a positive impact for $100,000, but if that positive impact is no greater than what you could have for $10,000, you've really missed an opportunity because you do that $10,000 event and you do it ten more, nine more times, and then you've got you know a 10x return on that investment. So, again, not trying to overcomplicate, because I, I was involved in these conversations, not trying to put too much red tape, but really just asking the questions, what's the plan, what's the impact, why is this a good use of the money? So, 
Abbas, we're talking specifically now about funds that were requested for a project summit, and it was a very large amount of money. But uh, Dennis felt that he was getting too much pushback on this. What's your feeling on that? I think we need a framework for this. We need a committee to evaluate the proposals, and this will lead to more transparency and to the better quality of projects and activities that are proposed. And that would actually really help to uh, people to submit more proposals and uh, get their ideas out and get the funding that they need. And this should be, uh, this does not necessarily need to be done by the board because we need just we need just a committee of experts that can read these proposals and consider the funding that the organization has and all the information is open and then they can uh, score these proposals and then uh, give them to the board for either funding or rejecting it. Jonathan Carter has just joined us. Welcome, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. You know, responding to what Abbas just said, I would, I'm going to take Dennis's position, and Dennis would say, you know, I've got so much cachet with this organization because I worked so hard and I've done so much. I feel like I shouldn't have to be questioned in detail about the funding that I'm asking for. Your response? Um, well, you know, I think that that's it's perfectly reasonable to expect to demand transparency and have some sort of accountability for, you know, the way dollars are flowing through this organization. You know, the OWASP community as a whole, we are, we are a security group, and as such, you know, we tend to be more cautious and more um, demanding of accountability. Uh, and so, you know, I... I think that it's unreasonable to, um, you know, expect things to just go through without any sort of critical review or at least a, a transparent and open framework in which anyone who wants to can at least look at what's going on underneath the covers. Michael, should there be a petty cash drawer up to a certain amount for something like this? Uh, we have a, a, f a few of those at the chapter level already. I know you can spend, I think, up to $500 on most any area, and if you have the money, you can just spend it. Um, if you're talking about a, a small cash drawer and the tens of thousands of dollars, I don't think we're at that kind of scale, and we haven't, we haven't matured as an organization to, to do that. Um, but, you know, one thing I think we're not talking about here is the fact that a lot of this is really great what Dennis is doing. Like we're, we're talking about the exception, the part that's blocking it. The thing we have here is passion and that is hard to come by in an open source community. You live and die by passion. So we've got the, one of the critical elements. What we need to do is that next step, which is the community part. Cause Dennis, you know, he's got tons of passion and perhaps, perhaps all the detailed ins and outs, maybe that's not his passionate area or his forte. Maybe it is. I don't want to misrepresent him, but it's an opportunity for him to grab a few more people and put together something powerful that is more representative from a community backing. Uh, there's talks, you know, about our committees. Um, we had committees 1.0 a few years ago. We, we nixed them after we found that they weren't set up right for success. We have committees 2.0. Um, lots of credit goes to Josh. He did great work suggesting this. But committees 2.0 are much more flexible, and they're, the structure is just sitting there for people to jump in. Uh, there's a few rules on how it works. You get a few people together. You, you say, hey, we've got this committee. The board says, yeah, it looks good. Um, but then you're really empowered to do a lot of things because one of the things we're trying to do with OWASP is push power and decision-making out of a centralized spot so more people can do it. So 
this situation seems like something great where Dennis could grab a few more people that maybe are more talented in the areas that he's not focusing on where there's this pushback and they can put together that full proposal with that backing that will make it, make it a success. Cause I don't think anyone's going to turn down an amazing event just cause it costs money. We're just going to ask the right questions and then we're all going to get behind it. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Jonathan, before you came in, we were talking quite a bit about funding. I want to move into the area of project funding. One of the things that we have on the OWASP wiki is a hidden page. <laughs> I think it's hidden because it's hard for me to find. Of how much funds are allocated right now and available to each project. And when I look at that, I'm kind of stunned that many projects aren't funded at all. They're just sitting there. What's your position on project funding? How should it be handled? Um, I actually agree with you regarding the hidden funds page as well. Um, I actually had problems finding the funding for my own projects um, within the funding uh, section. So, yeah, I mean, I believe every single project which has been vetted and is viable and isn't um, even in the incubator stage, if it's something which is of value to the community, um, there should be some minimum amount of funding um, which is guaranteed to be allocated to every single project um, and then that money can be used for however, whatever the discretion of that project lead is, provided that it's related to the project. Habas, project funding? I think once the project review task force has done its job and uh, reviewed the projects, we can have a clear idea of which projects can attract more funding and do better with the funding and which projects are less likely to get results with more funding. And that will really help because we had a program a couple years ago, Michael should remember this, that uh, we submitted some proposals from some projects to get uh, a bulk of cash, about $5,000, to help with the project funding. And about 10 projects were selected for this. But once you have the reviews from the task force, this would be much easier to do. And then the board or a committee can decide to distribute the extra funding that we have to projects that can really benefit from that. Michael, that brings up uh, an interesting idea here. Would you be in favor of uh, funds being allocated to each project by default? I think the question there is, what do the projects want to accomplish with the funds? By and large, the projects are driven by volunteers providing knowledge and code and resources. Um, but where we often fall short in our projects is the less technical side of it, the marketing, the packaging, the polish. And I think that that is a common need across all projects. So one thing that I actually like is reducing the burden on those areas which are shared pain. Uh, and so one example of this is instead of giving each project money and saying, hey, you know, go ahead and find someone to do your artwork or your packaging and marketing, we have a person that's a contractor for OWASP, and we can have our projects make use of that resource. So the foundation then is, again, providing the platform through which projects can be successful, because fundamentally that's what OWASP is. It's a platform for us all to leverage shared resources, mostly in a technical and security focus, but there's no reason we couldn't do that um, for other elements like marketing, like packaging, like publishing. 
Um, so I think that's one thing we should explore first, because that is a known pain point and a known win. Now, if chapters, are, if projects are in need of funds, the first question I'd ask is, well, what do you want to accomplish with it that we haven't covered in these things? And I have no problem with projects having um, funds. Some of them bring it in through different types of sponsorships and activities and challenges. And we should always encourage creative thinking. Um, the last thing we want to do, though, is just start allocating money into these pools and locations with no plan, because that's what turns into something like the chapter situation, where we have, again, a portion of those funds, not all, but a portion that are kind of lost and forgotten. We shouldn't recreate that problem with projects. Jonathan, extending this discussion, would you be in favor of using project funds for travel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's a business justification for it that directly correlates to that particular project, um, I see absolutely no reason why those funds shouldn't be allocated for that. And then following up on Abbas's solution is looking at the project evaluation after Joanna gets done. Do you visualize that being part of the process on selecting the projects that would be available for funding like this? All right. Uh, I think uh, that, that will help a lot. Those evaluations are not just based on one criteria. We can see the projects that are really lacking in funding and can get a great foothold with more funding and can um, make a lot more progress with the funding. And there are some projects that don't really need much funding, but they need help in other areas. For example, I think projects that are not in, based in the United States probably can benefit from funding since they can travel to the events that OLS holds and uh, have discussions with other people and meet, meet different people and get ideas and keep promoting their projects and getting more people involved with that. But other projects might benefit from funding in other ways. So these criteria are all included in the project evaluations and I think with those available it's much easier to decide which project should get the funding. One of the things that I hear consistently from people that are not in the United States is that there needs to be a better global distribution of funds. It seems like the majority is allocated in the United States and a lot of the outlying places are floundering a bit. I think this one specifically, uh, Philippines is the one that comes to mind in the first place. You've got people coming out of pocket there to try to pull things off. Michael, when we talk about this is global distribution of funds a concern of yours? I think just arbitrarily having the funds more spread out around the world isn't necessarily solving a problem. Uh, so I'd be more curious about what the problems are. If the Philippines is trying to host an event and they don't have the upfront cash, I think they're really just you know a few questions away to get that. Uh, because, again, I would love to see that we have more of for chapters, like a shared chapter pool of funds that anyone can dip into for those types of things. Uh, but, but again, I think that anywhere in the world, if a chapter or a project needs a little boost of cash to jumpstart something, I really just think they, they need to put the question forward about what they're doing and what they need. And that's what the foundation is there for, to help out and to get things started. Jonathan, I think it comes back, again, we were having a little discussion before you came in, is that the board has a perception of processes and ease of use, while the end user seems to have a different vision. Are you in agreement with what Michael's saying, or do you have another way to see it? 
Could you give me a quick summary of what his view was? He said a lot of he said a lot of different things. So. Yeah, that's okay. Michael, summarize what you said. Yeah, summarize. Give me a TLDR. <laughs> well, there's there's two issues there. I mean, there's the discoverability of information, and I, right. I think everything is transparent. It's out there. It's just not easy to find. We need to clean up the wiki, um, but nothing's being hidden. That's my view on on transparency. On chapter uh, on distribution of funds, I don't think arbitrarily distributing funds around the world just for geographic equality is is solving a problem. I think we can solve problems by whoever needs money asking the question: Can the foundation jumpstart me with funds to start doing something? And I right. think the answer to that is yes. Yeah. So the impression the impression that I got was that the distribution of funds issue is really related to not understanding the existing processes or not having access to the right people to ask the right questions. Um, you know, this comes down, I think it comes down to a fundamental breakdown in just communication and an understanding of what the official policies are and the official channels to go through. I think it's a, it's a problem inherent within the OWASP community I see time and time again where it's just, it's so heavily fractured and there's just, it's really hard to understand what the existing processes are and who you should be reaching out to to talk to uh, about particular topics. I've, I've always found that a, a really strong pain point. Uh, I, I think that's the, the underlying issue which needs to be addressed here. Um, I, I don't believe that there's some sort of... I don't believe that mandating some sort of policy related to, you know, everybody gets funds be all over the world regardless uh, based on geography. I don't think that that really makes sense. It's, it's better to have a process in place which everybody understands where to go to and who to talk to to figure out what, what sort of funds they need and where those funds, uh, how to get those funds. That's what, I, that's what my, my gut instinct says is what happened with the Philippines anyway. Albus, you have... Um uh, an extended view of globalization here. What can we do as an organization to support the outlying chapters and members better than we're doing now? Yes, this has been a major concern of mine for several years now. I think we, we're getting a lot of our projects and our content on the wiki from international chapters, but we're empowering them very little. So there are a lot of people in international chapters that are contributing regularly, but they haven't attended a single OSP event ever. And this is not just the problem of funding. We need to enable them to have more events, more summits. We have to enable them to travel around and see other OSP events, get in contact with other project leaders, with other activity leaders, and uh, we should not expect them to come up with the right questions to ask. We should uh, probably use staff or committee to just enable them, show them the way, help them with that, because they're volunteers. They're not working full-time jobs here. We can't really expect them to digest a large amount of information on the wiki and then just come up with the questions. They're already doing a lot for the organization. They're creating wonderful projects and a lot of content on the wiki. And we should just pay them back with supporting them and getting in touch with them and enabling them to attend those summits and events. And that's uh, a major improvement that I have always had in mind. Michael, what would outlying global support look like to you? Well, one thing that we have already, which I, I imagine 
people don't realize because it's kind of handled in the back end. But the um, the big global conferences, the one in Europe and the one in the USA, those are revenue generating. There there are some of our largest fundraisers uh, for the year, and again, all our finances are public. Um, so you can see where we get our, our income. But the um, the conferences in U.S. and Europe bring in a good portion. Now, conversely, the tour through Latin America and when we do tours through Asia-Pac, um, those actually don't bring in much money and actually uh, sometimes cost money. And we consciously do those because those are part of the outreach and spreading of OWASP to other parts of the world. So, uh, you know, when people think about this larger issue of should we be making an effort to branch out, we are actually doing that in many ways already. And there's talk, of course, about doing things uh, in Africa. Um, but that doesn't mean we should stop there. And I think there is, there is more to be done. Um, I'd love to see OWASP take the next leap and have an empowered level of individuals that are outside of the board. And I think we're striving for this with the committees. But I still envision us having, um, you know, regional summits. Like everybody in North America comes together and there's a North America group of, of leaders that made that happen. And the same things in, in LATAM and Asia-Pac. Um, find ways for the regions to become more powerful. Ask the foundation for funds if they need to. Um, but let's not try and boil the ocean and get the whole world together for some monumental event. Let's start bringing together groups of similar people in similar regions where we can do it at a cost-affordable way and start getting a lot of passion building in different regions. So I think there's a lot more that can be done. But again, it comes back to we need some people to jump in that want to take an idea and run with it. Because the board is trying to build structures to enable that, trying to solve big problems. But let's get that passion uh, and get some new things, new things moving. Jonathan. Saying let's get together and have a bunch of and create a bunch of passion or get some passionate people together is great, um, but you know it, it's kind of driving me up the wall because we keep talking about you know how important it is to get passion, but we're not really talking about motivation and what's going to what's going to really motivate people to you know own these projects or do things with these projects. Um, you know, I think that that's one of the, the more core under core critical issues that we really need to address is. How do, what are the different incentives that we can create in order to um, really build motivation or satisfy many different people who wear many different hats and, and have their motivations created within the OWASP platform? Um, you know, it, it's something which I, I keep seeing consistently missing um, from the discussion is, is new and innovative things that we can do that will, pull, that will attract people. Um, I've got my own ideas on that, so... For the final question in this series, Abbas, I'm going to start with you. What's going to be the first issue that you would like to tackle? And to summarize, why should people be supporting you for the candidacy? I've always said that my major concerns are transparency, which creates the framework for improving the quality of the wiki, improving the quality of the project, and improving the chapter involvements around the world. And these are the issues that I've been trying to tackle among, around the years. And uh, I've joined multiple committees and task force to help with that. And I've ran for the board before so that I can help with achieving those goals better. I think the most important of those is 
uh, the international chapters activity. We have a huge amount of potential and we need to tap into that. We need to create committees using this, internet, this international potential. And then we can actually use them to solve a lot of problems, including the wiki problem and the projects problem. We don't necessarily need to hire contractors, even though I think uh, as a last resort, that's a good idea and that's not a bad idea. But I think we have enough potential to solve a lot of problems if proper management is done and proper enabling of the potentials is done. And that's what I plan on doing. And I hope I get enough votes so that I can see to that. All right, thank you. Michael, in one minute, can you summarize your position for us? Sure. There's a few things I want to do if I get the opportunity to continue on the board. Um, one, the board is tasked with building structure and organization for this to be a global organization that can fluidly operate. And that is not security related. It, it is, in fact, boring. And I think there's a lot of power in it because it lets the organization scale. So that's one area that I'll continue focusing on. You've seen me do it in the past from, um, from larger, larger initiatives, even down to smaller initiatives, like having a governance mailing list. We can have governance-related conversations. That's something I created. Um, so enabling the organization to scale through structure and reasonable and not excessive process. But that's just one part. The next thing I think we need to do in OWASP is actually do more than that and lead by example. We need to be an organization of doers. And so the two things I want to do is I want to figure out how to hold a hackathon in a regional area. It's something we experimented for the conference, and it, it didn't come together due to complexity with the conference, but I want to do it right afterwards in the West Coast region of the U.S., see how we can make it work, and then see how we can package that up and ship that to other chapters that want to do the exact same thing. And through the board, how do we enable that to get the funding they need to kickstart it anywhere in the world? Because we should be doers. We should be doing hackathons, not hacking as in breaking into stuff, hackathons as in bringing developers together to build security-related code, advanced projects. The second thing that I want to do is I want to experiment with a scholarship program. And we're not going to try and do it across the whole world at once. We're not going to try and boil the ocean. But I'm going to take 500 bucks from the San Francisco funds, and I'm going to try and do a scholarship program. We're going to see how that works. And then we can try and do it for other chapters. We, I think after we do it once, we can make a blueprint. We can push that around the world. It's not for everybody. Every chapter doesn't have to do it. Maybe the foundation does it. But we should be encouraging the next generation of computer engineers and security professionals by giving them professional assistance for their schooling and bringing them into OWASP, uh, letting them know that resource before they even hit the ground in their first uh, in their first job. So I'm excited to continue doing this for OWASP, um, and I hope I've shown my passion and interest over the years and keep getting to do that as a member of the board. Thank you, Michael. Jonathan, sounds like you've got the final say. Can you summarize your position for us? Sure. Um, one, of the, one of the key things that I want to do as a member of the board is I really want to improve the quality of the projects um, across the OWASP spectrum so that we maximize the impact that we have on the industry. Um, and the way that I believe that we need to move forward um, is we need to become much more embrace of, of the vendors out there. So I would say that we need to, you know, with my business development background, I look at things in terms of how do we partner up with existing commercial vendors out there um, to get them to uh, not only continue to satisfy their requirements around promotion of their products and all of that, but how do we actually get them to 
build and contribute at a commercial grade to the actual OWASP projects out there. Um, so through this sort of more open embrace towards the vendors, we will have much more uh, serious commercial grade products that we can directly contribute for free to the open source community uh, to, to improve the strength and muscle of the OWASP brand within the larger information security community. We have been talking with prospective board members Jonathan Carter, Michael Coates, and Abbas Nadiri regarding their positions when running for the board. Good luck to each of you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller. OWASP 24-7 is sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide, and CAT Scan from Proactive Risk. <laughs>